Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Duval, welcome to another episode of the Gen Jag podcast. We've got a lot to get into today. We'll recap the Jaguars free agent signings, and we've got Mock Draft Monday coming at you, a little post-free agency frenzy seven-round Jaguars Mock Draft. I'm your host, Jordan Alugo. I'm joined by Scott Klein. You can follow Scott on Twitter, at ScottKlein1. Follow myself on Twitter, at Jordan DeLugo. And of course, follow the show on Twitter, at Generation Jag, and on Facebook and Instagram, at Generation Jaguar. Before we get going here, we'd like to thank the one and only sponsor of the show, Bold City Brewery. Find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Bold City Brewery. And of course, make sure to visit their tap rooms in downtown and Riverside. I want to remind everyone to check out genjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, videos, and of course, our podcasts. And make sure to check out the Genjag shop at genjag.com shop for all your Jacks and Duval apparel. We just dropped our, our I Believe in St. Nick t-shirt, so make sure to go get that pre-ordered. Those will be coming out later in the week. And uh, obviously the Jaguars' biggest free agent signing, Nick Foles, we've already talked ad nauseum about on this podcast. So if you want to learn more about Nick Foles, you can go check out our last episode of the podcast, or you can check out my article published earlier today, What to Expect from Nick Foles in 2019. So, Scott, we have had a number of free agent signings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, a couple uh, blockbusters. Yeah. We're going to get into it. So. <laughs> no, not, okay, not exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, no blockbusters per se, but yeah. <laughs> a, couple, a couple signings you can be pretty excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, we had March Madness uh, is getting 
officially underway coming up. We had the brackets come out. The Gators earned a 10 seed after uh, really doing well in the SEC tournament. Did Texas make it in, Scott? They did not. I think they're going up against South Dakota State in the NIT. All right. Well, I don't know how you go yeah. from beating UNC and Purdue and Kansas and then going 16 and 16. I just I don't I don't know how you uh, beat the crap out of the Patriots in week three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, true. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. <laughs> End up the way the Jaguars did this year, but I agree with you there. And then, of course, uh, our Magic are competing for a playoff spot. They won two games this yeah. weekend, so they're just behind the heat right now in the playoff race for the eighth seed. So exciting weekend of sports. A uh, lot to get into here today. We will start out with the Jaguars free agent signings, and then we will move into our mock draft Monday mock, seven-round Jaguars mock. So let's go ahead and start off with the guy we know, uh, the re-signing of right guard A.J. Can. Do you want to start us off with him, Scott? Yeah, I mean, a lot of you guys know the book on this guy. Um, inconsistent. If he could get some sort of game to game, kind of get the ball rolling, maybe things could start going right. But he just, he'll have these flashes of brilliance. And then you look at him and you go, what, what is this guy doing? He goes through stretches where he's a competent, borderline solid right guard. And then he's the, he's the swinging gate. <laughs> it's, it's incredibly frustrating. To me, it's more of, uh, you're, you know what you got. Um, you would like to upgrade at some point, but if you go into the season it, with him as your starter, you're not dying for a new right guard. I mean, I'm sure you'd still be interested in one, but you're comfortable enough in what he can do that he he doesn't become a pressing need immediately in the draft at this point. Yeah, I agree. And he's in the prime of his career at 27. He's a guy that's been in Jacks his whole career. He started a lot of games for the Jaguars. In 2017, he really had his best season, in my opinion. And, of course, he was surrounded by an offensive line that was playing well for much of the season that year. Last year, I think it was a little unfair to judge any of the offensive yeah. linemen based on just the injuries that were suffered around them. Uh, every position outside of AJ can <laughs> missed a lot of time last year. So it's, it's tough to really judge AJ can on that. And uh, I just think that this is a value signing. There wasn't a ton of quality free agent guards out there that you could have for $5 million a year. And I believe his cap hit is two to $3 million this year which is really, I mean, for a starting guard, that's nothing. Yeah. So you don't love the signing. And again, he can be highly volatile with his play from week to week or even down to down, snap to snap. But uh, even with his volatility, I think that overall he grades out as at least average as both a run blocker and pass protector. And in a good situation, he can play better than that. Yeah, uh, I think I think it takes your right guard spot from being pretty high up on your list of needs. It bumps it down a little bit, 
it's still I would consider a need, especially with for depth wise. But um, it just buys you time. Really, yeah, is what is what it tells me. I agree. And then the second guy uh, that the Jaguars added from out of Jack, not a, not a former Jaguar or not a uh, re-signing was Jeff Swain, tight end from the Dallas Cowboys, who also played his college ball where? At the University of Texas. I remember him fondly. <laughs> Hook him horns. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, 6'4", 260 pounds. He was also a 2015 draft pick. A lot of these guys that the Jaguars sele- er, uh, picked up in free agency this year were 2015 draft picks, which makes sense, you know. They're finishing out their rookie contracts. But yeah, Jeff Swain, 2015, uh, 27 years old, 6'4", 260 pounds. He's had big-time issues staying healthy throughout his career. Uh, He's a solid blocker. And uh, last season, in 2018, before he suffered a season-ending wrist injury, he nabbed 26 catches in nine games, had sort of a mini breakout as a pass catcher, and he's caught 80, over 80% of his career targets, so you like that. Again, he's in the prime of his career. I don't think he should be considered the answer at tight end by any means, but at this point, when you look at the Jaguars roster, he is the best guy. Yeah, I mean, he's he's right now, regardless of the team, he's probably a second or third tight end. Um, he's a guy who does most things well enough to be able to put out there. He's not going to wow you as far as in the receiving category, although he has put up some pretty efficient stats as far as his catch rate and things like that. Um, He's a good blocker. um, Just an overall pretty solid guy. Um, If he goes into this, if we go into the season with him as our number one tight end, I'm worried. I don't think that that is at all what they want to do. And I don't think that's what they're going to do, but uh, once again, it's like an AJ Cam signing where it's, hey, this is a guy who's young, coming off his first contract. He's he's a solid enough player. You can you can roll him into your plans over the next two to three years, with while also bringing in maybe not the replacement this year, but somebody who could take over maybe at the latter end of this year, going into next year, and be more of the future of the position. Yeah. I'm with you there. Now, Scott, I'll just let you take the lead on right tackle Cedric Abwehi. Ooh, you go look boy. at Bengals Twitter. It's not pretty over there when they're talking about this guy. Uh, so go ahead and lead us off with him. Yeah, I mean, he's he was a former first-round pick, 21st overall. I don't I, I don't know if I have any good things to say about, about this this guy when when the talks were that he was visiting. I I was dumbfounded. I mean, I didn't think things were that bad, but here we are. Um, he did end up signing. Um, the number's not going to be big. I mean, he's not going to be an expensive guy. But literally, the more you think, the more I thought about it, the more to me it was just a let's just see what he's got. I mean, there was enough tools to where he would be picked in the first round. Um, we you look at a guy like last year with Eric Flowers. Um, he played better here than he did in New York. Um, you hope maybe you get him in the building, get him into your workout, see exactly what you can do with the guy. At worst, he doesn't make the roster. You're not out a lot of money. Um, I right. would be surprised 
if he did turn things around. Uh, but stranger things have happened. If he's on, if he's in the bottom five or ten players on your roster, he that means he's probably had a pretty good training camp and showed enough to where the coach's staff thinks he might be able to turn this thing around. But I, to me, I, I don't have a lot of hopes for him. But we'll see. I mean, depth guy, he's a body. And if you look at last year, you can never have too many because right. they were dropping left and right. Yeah, he's definitely the least exciting of all the free agent signings that the Jaguars mm-hmm. made over the weekend. But again, he's a guy that obviously showed enough talent to be selected in the first round, six foot five, 308 pounds. If the Jaguars can somehow rehab this guy and just create a salvageable, rosterable player, then it's a win. I if think not, if, if he wasn't a first round draft pick, I think he's probably a pr- kind of like a practice squad kind of guy where you bring him in or he's just a training camp body. But because he's got that first round draft pick in his past, I think has actually created his market and turned it into what it is. Yeah, potentially. Uh, and again, if he doesn't make the roster, it's really not going to cost the Jaguars anything. But just because, and I think that that first round tag is also what has made him the scorn of so many Bengals fans. True, yeah. (laughs) You know, if he was a late round pick, no one would really care that much that he didn't play very well or played terribly, as some people might say. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But moving on, this is arguably the most exciting signing that the Jaguars made this year. I think the next two guys we talk about are going to be the two guys that we're most excited about for sure. We'll start with Chris Conley. Insane athletically. Six foot three inches tall, 205 pounds with very long arms, has a body similar to a DJ Chark. Uh, He's only 26 year old. Again, another 2015 uh, draft pick. Record setting 45 inch bird at the combine, 43540. Just incredible, incredible athletic numbers there. Uh, He tore his Achilles in 2017, which forced him to miss 11 games, but that's his only major injury, so he's not an injury-prone type of guy. 2016 and 2018 were very impressive seasons for him. He caught 44 and 32 passes, respectively, those years. Last season with the uh, high-flying Pat Mahomes offense there in Kansas City, he scored five touchdowns. And he was really uh, a helpful player there. He has a spectacular catch ability that I think a lot of fans crave, but he also can put the ball on the ground in terms of dropping the easy ones. He had four drops on 52 targets last year. You'd like him to be able to clean that up a little bit moving into the prime of his career. Uh, I think he'll enter training camp as a starter on the outside for the Jaguars at wide receiver. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, this is a guy who just like just looking at raw physical talent is as good as anybody in the NFL. Um, Like you said, he's kind of boom or bust as far as catches go. I mean, his hands aren't the the the, his strongest asset. But when you get a guy who can jump out of the building and run four, three, five, I mean, sign me up. That's (laughs) you, you can't teach that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, a lot of people around here might know him. He went to Georgia, had very solid college career, um, hasn't really had a big year, uh, 
like maybe they were expecting. But he has had kind of a logjam of playmakers around him in uh, Kansas City. So it's something that's it's really exciting to see what this guy can do. I mean, you look at you look all around the offense; they're getting faster and faster and faster. All of these guys in the wide receiver room can flat out fly, and that's very very exciting for an offense like this. Right. I mean, your two tallest guys that are your you're expecting to be contributors are Chris Conley and DJ Chark, both of whom are 6'3", and both of them run in the 4'3", 40 range, which is yeah. awesome. Marquise Lee, he's not a super burner, but you know he's pretty fast. D.D. Westbrook is very fast, very quick. Keelan Cole, he's a tall guy as well, and he's fast. I don't – I hopefully he won't be – heavy in the rotation this year unless he just really turns it on and kind of gets the monkey off his back from last season where he struggled so much. But yeah, Chris Conley, I do believe he'll be starter to enter the season. You'd like to see maybe DJ Chark kind of steal some snaps from him Mm -hmm. by earning those snaps, but we'll see what happens there. Now the final guy that the Jaguars signed in free agency over the weekend, maybe the least known guy for for fans around Jacksonville but anybody in Green Bay or or the Midwest definitely knows who Jake Ryan is six foot two inch 240 pound linebacker uh ran a four six five coming out of college so he's got the athleticism you're looking for there at the linebacker spot with the Jaguars he's 27 year old 27 years old also a 2015 draft pick um Obvious connection here with Dom Capers, who was the Packers defensive coordinator, and he's now a defensive assistant with the Jaguars. Uh, Ryan can play multiple positions, off the ball, linebacker. He started 10 games in 2016, 12 in 2017, before uh, unfortunately suffering a torn ACL prior to the 2018 season in training camp. He's a really encouraging piece, in my opinion. I think he has starter potential in a pinch or even maybe more long-term potential with this team if Telvin Smith ends up having a down year. You know, Smith, he is a pricey linebacker currently. And if the Jaguars feel they need to move on from that, I think Ryan could potentially be a starter. Uh, The linebacker depth as it currently stands is really impressive now when you add Jake Ryan to the mix. You've got Donald Payne. Jake Ryan, Blair Brown, Leon Jacobs, and Nick DeLuca, all his backups. Um, I mean, Leon Jacobs is technically a starter, but he played very, very little because the team just did not get the Sam linebacker on the field last year very often. So I think you really have an encouraging, nice amount of depth at the linebacker position to where you don't feel like you need to address that at all in the draft. Yeah, that's that's a far cry coming from the last year or two where it's been – the front line guys, and then I mean, you had a rookie or two thrown in there. I mean, I think they've done a nice job of really solidifying this linebacker group to where it's finally not a need for the first time in a couple of years. Right. Um, I really like I really like this guy. He was really starting to come on before he tore his ACL. Um, 2018, 2000, uh, 2017, 2016 got 80 plus tackles each year. Um, and it seemed like he was really starting to turn the corner before he got injured. So this is this is a signing where it provides depth and, could, like you said, could potentially push to be a starter if things in that room fluctuate a little bit, a.k.a. a trade or maybe trying to get out of the contract with Telvin Smith. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And that obviously be frustrating. Telvin yeah. Smith's been a fan favorite, but he had a very down down he, year last yeah, year. Yeah, he has to be able to turn things around. He ascended for the first every year he got better until last year where he really fell off, which is very frustrating for Jaguars fans. But uh, you know, he's got a shot this year. He's not gonna be demoted anytime soon. He's got a shot to come out and really show that he is the leader of that linebacker group once again. Uh, like to thank Bold City Brewery. Quick plug for our sponsors over there at boldcitybrewery.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And of course, visit their tap room on Roselle and Riverside and downtown on East Bay Street. Now, Scott Klein, yeah. it's time for Mock Draft <laughs> Monday. Okay. Uh, we're going to have our first post-free agency wave one mock draft here. And we'd like to remind everyone this is a predictive mock draft. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily what Scott or I would do. Definitely. What we, <laughs> what we think the Jaguars will do here in the upcoming draft that will be at the end of April. And uh, really... Even though this isn't necessarily what we would do, I would feel very comfortable with this draft I agree. that we have put together. Essentially, the way we did it here is Scott got the first pick, I got the second pick, and we traded back and forth uh, moving on. And we tried to build what we think is good value in terms of the players and how how talented they are and also – you know, fit the needs of what the Jaguars have going into the draft. So without further ado, Scott Klein, round one, number seven overall. Yeah. What do we got? Round one. Um, I, I keep having this sneaking suspicion that they're, they're going to go a little off what most people think they're going to do. Um, for round one, seventh overall, pick Jawan Taylor out of Florida. Um, I mean, he's a big, just road grader on the right, on the right side there. Um, started the last three years, got better every single year. Um, he's really a guy who's got all the tools that you could ever want in a, uh, in a tackle, let alone being your right tackle kind of guy, but he's got that big bully mentality. You'd like to see him clean stuff up technically, but that's something that can, that can happen in, in, with the coaches, um, I personally, I wouldn't really want to go right tackle, um, especially that early. But when you get a guy like this at a position of need after cutting Jeremy Parnell, um, not really upgrading at right at right guard, um, I, I, I just feel like that's kind of the way that this, this front office is pointing to. I'll be surprised. Um, I also thought that maybe tight end could be here, but there's so much value later in the draft. Um, there's so much talent at tight end. That's kind of what pushed me to, to go this way. I just keep having this nagging feeling that they're going to go offensive line. And he's the guy that at seven that I would probably, t- I would take. Yeah. I think we're both at the point right now where it seems like it's going to be tight end and right tackle mm-hmm. in the first two rounds. Yeah. Whether it's Juwan Taylor in the first or a guy like a Dalton Risner or someone like that in the second, I believe it will definitely be those two in the first two rounds for the Jaguars. The reason, like you said, 
that Jawan Taylor makes the most sense is because he is a very highly graded player. I mean, Mahler, really good pass protection. Uh, I think he he could potentially be a, a, a Pro Bowl right tackle. Oh yeah, and that's what he's been playing for his, for his career, and he he just slides right in and continues. Right. And playing. I think he has some position versatility too. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to, you could slide him into guard yeah. if you felt like Will Richardson was good enough to play right tackle um, and A.J. Can wasn't playing well or there's injuries or something like that happens. I think you can move him around a little bit on the offensive line as well. I agree. So uh, I like the pick. Again, if it was me, it would be Hawkinson all day. Mm-hmm. I just think he's the perfect balance tight end for the Jaguars. But – I also understand that you might not be able to find the same type of value in the second round at right tackle that you can here with Jawan Taylor. So I do not, uh, I wouldn't disagree with the pick one bit. Now, moving into the second round, my first pick for the Jaguars here. Last last time we went around and did our mock draft, I had Noah Fant in the second round. I'm at the point, Scott, where I do not think he's going to make it to the second round. And if he does, yeah. I don't think he's going to make it to 38 overall. What do you think? Yeah, he, he seems just to be flying up. I mean, <laughs> just with the performance he gave at the Combine, just, I mean, he's he's almost forced his way into being a first-round pick. <laughs> yeah. Now, the guy that I do have the Jaguars taking here, I think is a great consolation prize. Irv Smith Jr., we've talked about him a little bit on the podcast here before. He's polished as a receiver and as a blocker. NFL pedigree, his dad was a first-round pick back in the early 90s. He had elite college production at Alabama, 44 catches, 710 yards, and seven touchdowns in his junior season alone last year. Really impressive for a college tight end right there. Strong speed with a 4.640 and an elite 1.56 10-yard split to start his 40, which is really, really good for the tight end position. He has natural hands. Now, a couple hang-ups on this guy. He's only 6'2 uh, and 3'8, which is very pedestrian height for a tight end. He's not an overly dynamic leaper with a 32.5-inch vertical. So in terms of the height slash leaping ability you don't love that combination but everything else is there with this guy 242 pounds i believe he's a better player than he is a tester in terms of the combine but he tested very well and that just says a lot about what i think of him as a player yeah yeah i I completely agree i mean i feel like you pretty much you have to go tight end and he's clearly in the top three um, you could go. I mean, you. I would love to see a guy like Noah Fant there, there, but missing out on him and getting a guy like Irv Smith, I don't think you're gonna be too upset. <laughs> you're gonna get a playmaker. You're gonna get a guy who can take that number one tight end job, especially being a receiving threat, and maybe he can play somewhat of the Trey Burton role that uh, yeah that you saw. I agree. Really. I thought about him and Trey Burton. The thing is, the biggest difference for me is that Smith is obviously a much better blocker coming out of college than Burton was. But yeah, I do think he could do a lot of the things that Trey Burton does athletically. Because Burton's not a very big guy. I mean, similar build and uh, almost just as dangerous of a receiving threat. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, Scotty. Let's get it. Round number three, number 69 overall. Josh Scobie gets to announce this pick. Who's he going to announce for the Jaguars in round number three? We're getting deja vu. We're we're going Terry McLaurin again. I mean, you got to address the wide receiver. You got to get some. We talked about it earlier. Speed, speed, speed. This guy's got that in, in spades. I mean, he's he flies all over the field. And I like I like having him in sort of the, the, the short passing game and the, the catch and run kind of throws that Nick Foles just absolutely eats for breakfast. Um, I, there was a couple other guys here who I thought about picking, but I kept coming back to, to, to McLaurin and really think that he blends well with what Foles has excelled in um, over the past couple of years and what the Jaguars have really been doing um, as far in the short passing game as well. So we, yeah. we're sticking with what what we talked about in the first mock draft, um, Terry McLaurin in the third. Yeah, I really like the pick. Um, like you said, I think he fits very well in the slot for the Jaguars running quick routes. I think you pair him and D.D. Westbrook with guys that can play in the slot and play a little bit outside. And then you've got D.J. Tark and Chris Conley, those really tall, lanky, speedy receivers on the outside with a Marquise Lee who hopefully can be a consistent uh, possession receiver for the Jaguars, also on the outside coming off his knee injury. And you have a nice room right there. Uh, and then you got Keelan Cole. If he's your what a sixth option, I think you're doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so now the Jaguars have another round number three pick, number 99 overall. I have them addressing TJ Yeldon's vacancy here with David Montgomery, five foot ten, two hundred twenty-two pounds out of Iowa State. He will immediately replace and, in my opinion, upgrade the pass catching slash blocking receiver that TJ Yeldon was. He's caught 58 balls in the last two seasons at Iowa State. Uh, The Jaguars have obviously placed a high value on running backs during Dave Caldwell's tenure, and I think that they continue to show that here, especially with uh, TJ Yeldon and Corey Grant seemingly being gone from the team as their free agents. Uh, Montgomery is not a home run hitter, but he will pick up nice chunks of yards in between 10 and 20 yards, mostly thanks to his uh, patient and instinctive running style. And uh, he's a tough runner, very high floor player, in my opinion, excellent pass catcher and excellent blocker. And I think that's exactly what will help the Jaguars offense and specifically Nick Foles to be as efficient as possible. Yeah, he's a really all around back. I mean, he's he was borderline dominant in the big 12 this year um just as you mentioned just catching the ball out of the backfield there's not many guys who in this draft out of the running back position that are better than dave montgomery so i think it's a home run of a pick especially if you can get a guy like that in the third yeah and if not there are going to be some running backs available yeah david montgomery was available in our draft so snagged him up real quick uh and I do think there's a good chance he will be available at number 99 overall. There's so much depth in this class at running back, and there's some other guys and that I have that I think could go in front of him that have more of that home run threat ability. Yeah, Montgomery ran a 4-6 at the Combine, which wasn't surprising. We know he's not a speedster. But I do think a guy like uh, Daryl Henderson out of Memphis yeah. who ran a 
four three seven could jump in front a of bit him. More of an exciting type player. Yeah, obviously Josh Jacobs is the most talented back in the class, and uh, you just never know how those things will play out with running back. Plus, so I yeah, think the, the plus I think the devalu- the devaluation of the position as a whole is just going to push guys down the, the draft board because you know you can just stock up on guys late and right. just run them until their contract is up and then move on and do it again. No doubt about it. Now, moving on to round number four, Scott, we've got number 110 overall. This is a Scott Klein pick, but I sign off, sign off on it for yeah, sure. It's, it, we're going back to what works. Uh, ben Banigou out of TCU, uh, defensive end, pass rush specialist. Uh, we talked a little bit about, about that, that last week, so we're not going to get too in-depth. Um, but it's basically a guy we unique in Gakwe. You're gonna need a backup. You gotta, you know, you gotta have somebody that's gonna be able to <laughs> spell him or even take over. For, God forbid for injury. But um, this is a guy who he's got the tools. Um, you'd like to see him be able to use pass his pass rush moves more than just relying on his athleticism. But he's a guy who, with a little bit of work in in the uh, on the film and in in the in the um, in, the, in the office uh, just working on pass rush moves um, could be a guy who could really be a solid backup. Yeah. I mean, I think he has starter potential in the NFL, but for now I definitely think. I, just, ability, I, I was more saying that because I don't think he's going to dethrone unique and got for Jackson. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Correct. Strong backup potential. And I didn't really think about this prior to today, but he reminds me of a certain former first-round pick of the Jaguars who uh, just signed a new contract, one-year deal with the L.A. Rams. Yeah. You know, they don't really bend the edge. They have good athleticism. They have good strength that allows them to just kind of bully tackles at Mm -hmm. times. And I think they both make splash plays. Yeah. I think think Dante Fowler is a little bit better in in the rushing the uh, defense department, but yeah, I, I can agree. They got, they have, there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. I mean, you would hope Dante Fowler, who was a former <laughs> top five overall pick would be a little bit, a little bit higher on the totem pole <laughs> than this guy. But so having said that, I do think that there's some similarities in their game. Now, moving on to round number six, number 178 overall, We've got an interior offensive lineman. The Jaguars currently do not have any backups outside of Brandon Thomas on their interior line. They've got AJ Can at right guard, uh, Brandon Linder at center, and they've got um, Andrew Norwell at left guard, of course. So I have them going interior offensive lineman here in round number six. Six foot three, three hundred six pounds, center slash guard, Nick Linder from Indiana. All right, yes, A little family that. reunion. <laughs> Brandon Linder's little brother. Uh, he's already twenty four years old. I think he's somewhat polished in terms of his get off as a center. Uh, he started his career at Miami back in two thousand fourteen, uh, and transferred to Indiana after season ending shoulder injury in 2017. Uh, He started in 2018 for Indiana, earned an invite to the East-West Shrine game, played very well there. I think he has a lot of traits that are similar to his older brother, Brandon Linder, who was also valued at a mid-round pick uh, coming out of Miami, which was obviously an undervalue 
in terms of what he brought to the NFL because he's been a top five guard most of his career, guard slash center. Um, but again, with having such a long, drawn-out career that Nick Linder has had and then having a season-ending injury, transferring all that stuff combined to really not have much interest from uh, from a day one, day two NFL draft type of player. So I believe he probably will go on day three. I think he makes sense here. Uh, he's instinctive. He's got a really quick get off to get to his base. Uh, he struggled a bit with strong defensive tackles, which was kind of the rap on his older brother as well coming out, but he's good at fighting back again with his good base and uh, just competitive playing strength. That'd be cool. Again, It'd be kind of cool to see them line up next to each other. <laughs> It would, and I think this is a depth signing, obviously. Yeah. But the Jaguars have zero depth inside right now. So adding a center slash guard to the mix that has an NFL pedigree as a late round flyer, I just think it makes too much sense to pass up. Yeah, it's it's at a position of need where the room is pretty much empty right now. But um, yeah, so right. finish, finishing up, there's one pick left. Uh, it's a seventh round. Uh, this is a guy who I've recently started really noticing and just kind of having a crush on um it's a wide receiver out of the acc it is syracuse's own jamal custis this is a guy who didn't really get a lot of playing time before last year but when you look at him he's 6'4 215 runs a 4'5 got a 34 inch vertical i mean wow <laughs> and just the numbers he's uh, he's not he's kind of He's not great at any one thing. He's pretty good at just about everything. Um, he's He runs at four or five, but he doesn't really seem to be the quickest out of cuts or, or being able to actually break down uh, break down a corner and be able to make, make a quick move. But the dude is just so physical. Um, he's just a big body. And there are, like, you, you go watch the Florida State game, and he makes some unbelievable catches, and he looks like the best wide receiver in the country. Um, he needs to be able to – I think he he is big, but I think he needs to be able to be more physical um, and be able to just overpower the, the defender, the defensive backs, because he is so big. I mean, he's he got about 900 yards and six touchdowns last year, but as at a seventh-round pick, I mean – he's probably got some of the most upside to be a late round pick that I've seen. I mean, it's a guy who, if things really catch on and he's able to use his body the way that he should be able to, this guy could be a problem (laughs) for defenses. Yeah, no question about it. I really like the pick. Obviously at that point, you don't necessarily have a ton of needs anymore getting into round seven. They go and get Jamal Custis out of Syracuse, who has a ton of upside, uh, really a lot more upside, in my opinion, than a guy like uh, the undrafted free agent that they got from Iowa State last year, who a lot of people Alan were excited Lazard. about. Alan Lazard, yeah. I think this would be like a similar type of thing, taking a flyer on a really big guy. But I think this one, Custis has a lot more potential to end up. I mean, his ceiling is an NFL star. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like if you just watched his highlight reel, you'd be like, "Oh, this guy's like a this guy's like a day two pick." 
I mean, yeah. but then if you kind of weed through all that and get to the not so bright spots, then you really see where his flaws are. But I mean, if you can clean some of those up, this is a guy at the, in the seventh round, you're just hopeful he can make the team. This guy could potentially make an impact on your, on, on, on your team and be able to provide, put some serious numbers up and, and really excel. So it's, it's an exciting pick. <laughs> Especially yeah, in the seventh it, round. It, it surprised me. It'd be a home run in round seven. I agree. And uh, that's going to wrap up the show again. We enjoyed doing our mock draft here. Uh, and it was a predictive mock draft. Please don't forget that. Not necessarily what Scott or I would do, but what we think the Jaguars will do come late April and the NFL draft. And uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. Give it. Give us your feedback on the mock draft, on what you think about what the uh, Jaguars did in free agency there. Hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think. At ScottKlein1 for Scott, at Jordan DeLugo for myself, and of course you can reach both of us at GenerationJag on Twitter. And that's going to do it for the show. Thanks for tuning in. Please subscribe and review the show on the iTunes podcast app. Helps us out a lot. We hope everyone has a good day. Have a good one. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.